This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Volkebaum. And today we're talking about lima beans. Yes! This is a me suggestion. (laughs) This was me. It is, it is. I feel like Annie is continually... Is this correct? Are you thinking about lima beans, like, every day? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) I love lima beans, slash butter beans. Um, And I was thinking... I was trying to go through the list of, like, my favorite foods and which ones we haven't done. And I I was like, wait a minute. Lima beans! (laughs) I've always loved them. I always will. I actually, they're like a treat. I, I classify them as a treat. So I don't get them that often. Oh, huh. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a, like my emergency frozen bag hmm. Hmm. in uh-huh. case. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, hand blanched by, by you or someone oh. else who has gone through pain. Yes. As many of you longtime listeners know, I have a lot of dramatic <laughs> memories of blanching butter beans and peas. And so I went through pain for these. And that's maybe that's one of the reasons mm. why I'm so hesitant, you know? Yeah. Like they're, they're, I've put them on a pedestal now. Sure. <laughs> right. I, I still, I really have questions for you and or, like, primarily your mother about why, like, gloves or tongs were not used in this process mm-hmm. to save your, 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 poor, your poor child hands. <laughs> I think 
maybe she was just used to it. And I was sure. just being a big, like, surprised baby, not expecting. You forget how how badly, like, cold things can burn your hands, especially after hot things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And especially, yeah, I mean, if you've if you've gained, you know, like several decades, maybe not several. I don't. I'm. Oh, oh my goodness. I feel like I'm just dissing on your mom now. I. This was not oh, the intent of the conversation. <laughs> my mom is a delight. <laughs> <laughs> After you've built up a, a good, a good, you know, hearty kitchen hand, uh, right. you can forget mm-hmm. that other people maybe have not. Yes. Yes. Perhaps that is it. She. She never seemed bothered by it. Hmm. Maybe I'm just a bigger baby than her. I don't know. Maybe you just um, do. Okay. <laughs> uh, I used to eat them for lunch, like, even in elementary school. Uh-huh. And the kids would pick on me. Lauren. <laughs> they, I, my lunch choices were constantly being judged. Uh, and right now, um, I just made that oxtail stew again last night. And that has better beans in it. Ooh, yeah. Beans. So good. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Um. And when I was thinking about this, I was confused. I've I've long been confused why you couldn't buy them fresh. Oh, sure. Um, like it was just canned or frozen, except for that like window where my mom would buy them fresh. I think in June or July. Uh-huh. Um, but it did involve that terrible blanching process. But now, thanks to this episode, I know. And yes, we 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 will get to that in in a moment. Um, I I will I will say that um that I've I've always loved lima bean. I never really understood. I mean, I was a weird kid. Like I, <laughs> I'm a weird human. Um, but uh, uh, I never, I did grow up um uh, with uh parents who were, you know, my dad was a chef or a cook, depending on what terminology you want to use. Um, my my mom was a home cook. Um, and they both really encouraged me. Um, and demonstrated uh, uh, eating a breadth of foods and trying things. Um, and, you know, I, I went through my phases like any other kid. But um, but I feel like I, other than like a couple very specific phases, I always liked lima beans. I never, I never minded them. And I don't think, I cannot remember a time when I've purchased them as an adult. And, and that, that changes. That changes not today because I'm not going to a grocery store today. But soon. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I, I'm behind you. I support this decision. <laughs> you need more lima beans in your life. Yes. I just like, I like boil them and I do it like a little under the time because I like them a little bit firmer and Ooh. I put like spicy seasoning in there. Ooh. And that's it. I love it. So huh. good. Okay. Yeah. See? But there's a lot of things you can do with them. A lot of amazing things. Yeah. But all right. I suppose we should get to our question. <laughs> we <then>. should. <laughs> lima beans. What are they? Well, uh, the lima bean is a bean of many names. Uh, butter bean, sieva bean, double bean, Madagascar bean in Australia, Burma bean, duffin bean, rangoon bean, civet bean, Carolina bean, sugar bean, java bean. And I'm pretty sure that that's just the ones in English. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of names. Uh, a lot of name confusion. In my house, it's it's lima bean or butter bean pretty interchangeable. Yeah, I don't think I heard the term butter bean until after I had been in Atlanta for a while and then like uh you know like I I had to look into it and I was like oh it's a lima bean. Oh. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. okay, cool. <laughs> uh the botanical name though is um uh, Phaseolus uh, lunatus 
They're a legume that grows on these kind of tender-stemmed plants, either short and bushy or climbing and viney. And uh, the plants grow these pretty little flowers in green to white to purple. Um, They remind me a little bit of like snowdrops or snapdragons. Real cute. Um, If pollinated, they will develop these long, flat bean pods that each contain three to six seeds. And those seeds will develop into the chubby, flattish, half-moon-shaped beans that we know and love or do not love, as the case may be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a, a bunch of varieties that are generally divided by their bean size, small versus large. When they're immature, they're green, and once they're mature, they can develop colors from creamy white to deep burgundy to striped. Uh, many varieties are poisonous when they're mature and fresh. They contain yeah. the cyanide compound that you've got to cook out. And so that's why if you get fresh lima beans, you're going to want to blanch them. Yep. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yep, this is this is what this is the source of your pain, Annie. Darn you, cyanide. <laughs> um, drying the beans also does solve this. Um, and I'm like 98% sure that this is why frozen and canned varieties are often made using immature green limas. Um Yes. I personally am mostly familiar with lima beans cooked whole and used um, alone as a side dish, or as you might use any bean in soups, stews, salads, and fillings for stuff. Y'all, here in Atlanta, El Mariachi has a Three Sisters burrito, and it is my favorite. Oh, it does sound good. Oh, corn, lima beans, and tomatoes. We're we're gonna we're gonna get back to that in a minute. But um, but yeah, this is not the only way that you can use them. Uh, the dried seeds can be ground into a powder or or flour for providing body to soups and breads. I've also seen recipes for both sweet and savory, like cooked bean mashes, skin strained out. I think not like chunky, like a hummus, but smooth. Um, served warm either way in Peruvian cuisine. Um, the immature seed pods can be cooked whole. Uh, the leaves can be cooked and eaten too. But but yeah, you can use them, yeah, anyway, any way you use beans. Um, as a hummus or like a vegetarian pate um, and ice cream. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And when they are canned, lima beans do get a little bit slimy. Um, drain and rinse your canned beans, y'all. And the texture can go sort of like sort of like tacky. But when they're um, frozen or, or dried and reconstituted, they're sort of like silky, creamy, and tender with this delicate flavor, like not too beany. <laughs> not too beany. Not too beany. Oh, just so good. Just right beany. That's right, Beanie. Yeah. You know, doing this episode, I realized how much I love the word bean. It's <laughs> a good word. It's a really good word. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a lot of fun instances of it throughout, uh, so look forward to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, what about the nutrition? Well, uh, uh, you know, beans are plants' seeds. Uh, a, a plant will pack all the stuff that a, that a growing little baby plant will, will, will need to get its start um, into its seeds. So these things are generally pretty nutritionally dense. And uh, lima beans in particular have lots of protein, uh, lots of fiber, really good vitamins and minerals in there, very little fat. So like maybe pair it with something that contains some fat. Um, but yeah, they are a, a great addition to dishes to help a, a little baby you grow. Oh. Yeah. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about numbers? We got some numbers, right? Oh, we've got some number adjacent information. Um, mm. <laughs> apparently, uh, there's there's very little international trade in lima beans as their crop yields are relatively low, and they're thus grown for for mostly local or you know like national consumption. The U.S. does grow the most, though, um, and within the U.S., California is the top grower. Um, they're also big in Delaware, Maryland, and Wisconsin. You know what I meant to look up, but I forgot? What? I am curious. I looked this up, like, years ago, like, high school, like, a decade ago. <laughs> uh-huh. um, people's uh, least favorite vegetables. Oh. And I can't remember. I feel like lima beans was pretty high on there. I'm guessing, ca- if I had to guess, I'd say cabbage, maybe broccoli. I mean, th- those are both things that are often maligned from, I don't know, yeah, like like Brussels, um, oh, yeah, eggplant, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. broccoli, turnips. I'm saying just a lot of brassica-related things, which makes yeah. me think that— I think that, it's like— Yeah, yeah the, like there's some the bitter smell. flavors involved in there or like the smell when they're cooking. Um mm. Or just, or just, like, the way that they've been prepared. Uh, yeah. Well, and often, like, because I'm thinking back in my own experience, and it was often the canned varieties of vegetables that these oh, kids in my orbit were having. Sure. So the Canning is just, I mean, it's an amazing technology that will, um, uh, you know, uh, allow you to preserve some of a food's nutrition. But but honestly, not all of it. Always go fresh or frozen when you can, y'all. Um, and... Uh, because uh, it, yeah, it just mucks with um, the, the 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 heat process that you have to use to can stuff. Generally, destroys some of the nutrients and definitely some of the um, like structural integrity of a food. Yeah, you don't want to destroy the structural integrity of your butter beans. You don't. No. <laughs> well, while they might have a lot of detractors, they do have a lot of fans like me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a butter bean festival in Pinson, Alabama. I'm Apologize if I mispronounce that, but looks like Pinson. There you go. Um, there is also a lima bean festival in West Cape May, New Jersey, which was at some point apparently known as the lima bean capital of the East Coast. <laughs> the lima bean. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I, know. I love these like claims to fame. Yeah. Shat, take this away from us. <laughs> we are the lima bean capital. Um, and if it's not, if it isn't clear, generally the divide in the United States is in the South, butter beans might be more used than in other places, but yeah, it's still interchangeable, but kind of, more. It's, it's more of a Southern term, I think, than, um, than lima beans and right. Yeah. Right. But, but again, um, I think Carolina beans might be a word that's used in some areas I think a lot of these terms might have might have originated from like from like where specific people imported their beans from for the first right. time. Yes. And just associated it there. Mhm. And and we are going to talk about many of those of those uh travels and twists. Yes, we are. <laughs> but first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. 
So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, lima beans originated in South America in either 6,000 or 5,000 BCE. And many experts, I guess lima bean experts, Mm -hmm. um, pinpoint two, or in some cases three, there's there's an argument for three separate varieties of lima beans that branched off and went their own ways. I think it's large-seeded and small-seeded, and I think medium-seeded in the third. Oh, okay. Okay, I see. Yes. What is large? What is small? Mm. These are the questions of our lima bean times. (laughs) Um, (laughs) One of these varieties originated from the Andes and was domesticated over 6,000 years ago in Peru. That's uh, That's the large version. Yes, and at the time, they came in many different colors, but the poison level was also higher. Oh, oh dear. Oh, ah. dear indeed. But they came out like purples and yellows, all kinds of colors. <sighs> A smaller seeded version spread up through Guatemala and the eastern seaboard of North America, where uh, these these beans were incorporated into the diets of indigenous tribes. And uh, and that's where you, you might see today um, in the United States beans marketed as baby limas, and those oh, yeah. are going to be um, uh, some of those varietals. Right, 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 right. Um, ancient Peruvians really loved these lima beans. Yeah. For instance, the moche or mochica prior to the Inca um, not only grew these beans and enjoyed eating them, but also used them in art. 
And perhaps these beans were even the basis of the Mochica's first form of written language. And this is a theory based on pottery remains, or not even remains, some of them are still whole, uh, hmm. that these, these pots were decorated with beans that were patterned with these lines and dots, uh, oh, which, huh. yeah, some, some people think suggests an early method of written communication. And it's honestly, I know I'm a big nerd and I like my cred goes out a lot of times when I'm like, no, this is really interesting. And people are like, it's interesting <laughs> like, to you. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> but, but it's really honestly cool looking like these pots, with the beans on it. Yeah, I, I recommend it. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so from archaeologist Gail Reiser, once considered edible and part of the substance base, the lima bean became restricted to use as a status symbol or in ceremonies. Moche elites politically manipulated the lima bean and effectively removed it from regular dietary consumption while concurrently elevating it through ideological association with the Moche warrior class. It is reasonable to extend the attributes of prestige and privilege associated with the Moche warrior class to both the lima bean and its iconographic counterpart, the bean warrior, which thereafter came to symbolize metaphors of life, death, and rejuvenation. Wow. Which is amazing! The yeah. lima bean. Oh, status symbol. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, after lima beans were adopted by Native Americans, they were often used as a vital part of the three sisters. Uh, corn, squash, and beans grown together. Um, some kind of iteration of those things. Usually corn was key, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think I said uh, uh, tomatoes earlier. I totally meant squash. Um, uh, tomatoes are also frequently involved. Anyway, please continue. Yes. And together, these were hugely important crops, sometimes called the backbone of North American, Native American agriculture. Uh, yeah. The, the cool thing about these three crops is that when grown together, they really support each other, like physically. The, the corn grows tall and stiff. The, the beans use the stalks to, to climb and get the sun that they need. Um, both provide some structure and some shade for the squash. And it's a grain and a protein and a veg, so, you know, good spread of nutrients. Um, the beans fix nitrogen in the soil for the other two plants to use. So smart, so smart to grow these things together. Yes, yes. And these crops majorly influenced dishes among the indigenous peoples that grew them and went on to play a large role in Southern cuisine, too. Um, for instance, succotash, a dish of corn and beans, was most likely introduced to struggling colonists during the 17th century. And the name derives from a Narragansett word for boiled whole kernels of corn. It was uh, Anglization, uh, huh. how people thought. It sounded. It sounded, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Lima beans were probably like one of the first foods introduced to these starving colonists um, in, in, the, in the Northeast and like middle colonies. And uh, when the Spanish arrived in the 1500s, they took lima beans and distributed them in various parts of Europe, Asia, Africa, and the Philippines. And the crop took off really well in, in those places. And... Yes, they were named after the city the Spanish found them in, or one of them, uh, Lima. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, the Spanish also brought them to California in the 1700s. Yes, and I want to read this quote from 2007's Beans A History. Excellent <laughs> title. Thank you, I love it. Uh, by Ken Avala. 
The most important member of the wild bean species group is P. lunatus, the moon-shaped or the lima bean. Its name does come from the Peruvian capital of Lima, even though perversely it is pronounced lima in English. (laughs) It is among the largest of beans, and for those who were subjected to them in the form of canned limas, the memory of their pasty texture, bitter metallic aftertaste, and lurid green color can only evoke... The gag reflex. This is a pity, for when fresh or even dry, they are among the most pleasant and affable of beans, hulking in proportions, gentle and sweet. Y'all, shout out to perversely and affable. Yes. Both of which are are just holding a tremendous amount of weight up in, in that short paragraph. Yes. They don't come up enough in conversations of beans. About beans, they really don't. Um, Gentle and sweet. (laughs) Lurid green color. I love it. So good. (laughs) Oh, I love it. In 1793, George Washington wrote this to the gardener at Mount Vernon. Under cover with this letter, you will receive some lima beans, which Mrs. Washington desires may be given to the gardener. I believe I read Thomas Jefferson was into them, too. He seems like he was into everything. He was. He was. Yeah. Uh, The Burpee Seed Company put their stamp on lima bean history in 1895. Uh, According to their company history at W. Atley Burpee & Co., in 1888, Burpee bought a farm near Doylestown, Pennsylvania, called Ford Hook and began transforming it into what would soon become a world-famous plant development facility. But occasionally he found what he was looking for surprisingly close to home. Such was the case of the first bush lima bean, which he found growing in the garden of a man named Asa Palmer in Chester, Pennsylvania in 1890. Side note, I love how detailed this is already. Yes, (laughs) yes. Yes. Back to the quote. Until then, lima beans had been strictly climbing plants and eating poles for support. After cutworms had wiped out Palmer's bean patch one year, he was stacking his poles for winter when he noticed one odd little plant still flourishing. It was definitely a bush rather than a climber, only a foot high, and it had three little pods, each containing a single bean. He planted the seeds the following season, and two of them grew into low bushes bearing a generous yield. He then sold the seeds to W. Atley Burpee. By 1907, the bush lima bean, as we now know it, had been developed, and it was named the Ford Hook. So exceptional are its eating qualities that it has remained a home gardener's favorite to this day. Lima bean aficionados speak of being Ford Hooked. What? (laughs) I... (laughs) No, I know it's a long walk, but that end... I had to put it in there. It was worth it. It was, A, A, I love, I really, I genuinely adore this level of detail that someone has, um, has afforded to history because so often, like the level of detail that we get about history is like, I don't know, I guess a farmer found it and then stuff happened. Um, And I'm like, well, that's a thrilling story. Thank you. (laughs) No, we've got like the guy's name, where he lived, like how. Happened the accident. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I could like go to these places and like if I ask around long enough, they'll be like, oh yeah, the old Chester house. Just go down the state <laughs> route and you know, like and yeah, and I can right. find it. Um, but B, I I really hope you understand that I am every time you bring up lima beans from now on, I'm gonna be <laughs> like, You're so Ford hooked, Annie. <laughs> I hope you introduce me to people as like, oh, she's a real lima bean aficionado. She's Ford hooked. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
please. <laughs> and they'll be like, nope, nope, we don't. <laughs> Maybe I don't need to talk to this person. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> You'll miss out on all my excellent lima bean tips and facts. <laughs> you will. You will. Uh, imaginary hypothetical person. Um <laughs> In the 1923 issue of Beans, Farmer's Bulletin, L.C. Corbett wrote, Lima beans are of great commercial value but are not sufficiently appreciated as a table food because it is not generally known that in a dry state, they can be used in practically the same manner as our common beans. In reality, they are richer and more delicate in flavor than the common beans and can be used in as many different ways. The virtues of these types as green beans need only a passing mention, and their value as an accompaniment of corn and succotash is well known to every consumer of canned goods. Mm. So we had some people throughout history really coming Championing. Out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for the lima bean. The Southern Seedsman published an article titled A Close-Up on the Ford Hook in 1942, detailing this cultivar, how to grow it, and really marketing it commercially, notably by Henry A. Dreer and Associated Seed Growers Incorporated. I mentioned that because everyone else did. It meant nothing to me, but yeah. perhaps a lima bean aficionado out there will be like, if they don't mention Henry A. Dreer, <laughs> then they don't know anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I have to admit, I'm not that that up on my like seed gossip. So yeah, um, yeah. so well, yeah. If that's out. an important name, great. I I do believe that I've heard the name before, but um, maybe it was in this very outline. I don't know. I don't have a memory anymore. <laughs> um, so all of this was happening. Um, it, because in the in the 1930s, lima beans became this valuable cash crop to various farming communities around the United States. Um, and, and over the next few decades, they would become a more widely grown and widely served vegetable and would remain pretty popular through the 1960s. Yes, but not everyone loved lima beans. <laughs> not as much as I did. In fact... <laughs> Uh. Pretty much the whole U.S. Army despised the sea ration ham and lima beans. Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so from 1939 until 1981, uh, and that's when MREs came about, um, sea rations are sea rats fed millions of U.S. soldiers, and you can see our uh, MRE episode for more about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, yeah, there were K rations too, but... um, so these sea rations, they came in these really recognizable green cans, and they were, by all accounts, reviled. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the vice president of Virginia's Vietnam War Foundation and Museum, Dick Thompson, called them, quote, slightly better than shoe leather. Oh. Oof. Um, and one of the most despised sea rations was, yes, ham and lima beans, nicknamed ham and mofos. Or I also saw ham and mothers. Uh, not good in either case. No, no, not a, not a positive association. Mm-mm. One soldier who served 35 years in the Army and retired as a general said of them, it was an unnatural mix of ingredients. Why not red beans, navy beans, any beans other than lima beans? Emphasis <laughs> <laughs> mine. But I, I imagine the feeling was there. Um mm-hmm. And stories go that the soldiers did all kinds of things to improve the taste, including heating them, these sea rats of um, ham and lima beans, under vehicle engines. But 
problem. As one such story goes, the soldiers forgot to punch holes in their ashes to release steam, and they started exploding. Oh. Yeah. According to a soldier serving during this whole fiasco, quote, a few miles into our road march, the cans started exploding. We were denied permission to stop, shut off the engines, and clean up the mess. Oh. Yep. In less than five minutes, we were, we were subjected to a stink that lingered for days, even after repetitive engine cleanings. It smelled something like ham and lima beans. Oh, no. Yeah, that's bad news for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, cartoon character Bart Simpson hated lima beans, too. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I will say I had a good friend in uh, middle school who regularly made fun of me that I liked lima Aww. beans. He said they were really <laughs> gross, and I was gross for liking them. <laughs> uh, but luckily, I love lima beans enough. It was just like, psh, Didn't bounce bother right you. off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a lima bean off a duck's back. Yes, as the saying goes. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say, I've had ham and lima beans, and it was delicious. I don't doubt that the sea ration was gross. Sure, but the dish itself, I mean, that is, this is one of the great things that the South does, is it takes um, something lovely and healthy, and then it adds a whole bunch of preserved pork to it, and (laughs) like really gives it a great flavor um, and a good fatty sheen. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Really, really tasty. Um, and yeah, I, I think that I think that leading up to the modern conception um, that uh, that lima beans are are gross um, had had to do with this like conflagration of elements. Um, this this uh, post war switch from frozen foods being posh to canned foods being posh. And also this negative image from war rations. And also limas in particular being a product that doesn't can all that well. Um, So you had this perception that lima beans were good and then you started getting them canned and then you were like, this is not good. And then they went out of fashion afterwards. So um, bring back the lima bean, the much maligned (laughs) lima bean. The much maligned, out of fashion. Pa, how could it? (laughs) How could it be? (laughs) Um, In 1972, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Growing Vegetables in the Home Garden came with this tidbit. Two types of lima beans called butter beans in the South are grown in home gardens. Most of the more northerly parts of the United States, including the northern New England states and the northern parts of other states along the Canadian border, are not adapted to the culture of lima beans. In the South, the most commonly grown lima bean varieties are Jackson Wonder, Anima Green, Henderson Bush, Siva Pole. In the North, Thoroughgreen, Dixie Butter Pea, and Thaxter are popular small seeded bush varieties. Ford Hook 242 is the most popular mid season large thick seeded bush lima bean. Ford Hooked 242. There you go. There you go. And the USDA, like, I found a really excellent resource from them and just like a. It showed that they had a long history of promoting lima bean growth and how best to grow them and also experimenting with different strains. And they were very, very thorough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, any any bean um, uh, that, that, that you grow that's in this uh, particular pocket of the um, Fabaceae family is going to be able to fix nitrogen in the soil, which is such a useful thing to not wearing out the soil in your garden. And so, um, uh, because plants need nitrogen to grow, but they can't get it from the air. Uh, and so they have to get it, um, some other way. So if a plant Mm -hmm. can fix some in the soil for them, that's great. 
that that is an extremely vague explanation <laughs> of the nitrogen cycle. Um, but uh, you I can, appreciated it. <laughs> I think, thank you, Annie. Um, mm-hmm. I think I did a brain stuff episode about that semi recently. Um, you can y'all are smart humans. You can find out more if you want to. Um, Meanwhile, in 1983, the aforementioned uh, West Cape May, New Jersey, um, hosted their first lima bean festival. From an article in the Baltimore Sun, that October occasion when the town crowns a lima bean queen, dances to a lima bean polka, holds lima contests, eating, tossing, cooking, and serves a fine bean cuisine. Oh, there's so many things to love about that quote. There. Jen, I I was like trying to put it into my own words. And then I was like, why would I do that? These words are perfect. These are the perfect (laughs) words. Fine bean cuisine. I've got to know more about the tossing too. The tossing of the lima beans. Right? Is it like a water balloon situation? And and the specifics of the lima bean polka. Like what what makes this polka different from all other polkas? Yes. Answers. We need answers. <laughs> oh my goodness. Lima bean queen listeners, if you can help us out. Oh my heck, please fill us in. <laughs> yes, this sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, oh man. Um, and yeah, that's uh that's kind of what we have to say about lima beans today. I was saying to Annie before before we started recording um, that that this is one of those topics where the nomenclature makes it kind of really difficult to do reading because mm-hmm. there are just so many different around the world, so many different names for this one product um, and so many different varietals that have been developed over the past few centuries and um, and, and and cultures and ways of eating them. And so uh, so. Some things are pretty straightforward. You can you can find a, a, a breadth of information with uh, very few search terms. And others, I was just like, I have to go record. I can't open any more tabs. Yes. Um. So, so this is yeah. what we have for you today about <laughs> lima beans. Yes, and please fill us in if you are from uh, a place or a region where they call them something different. We missed something. Oh, yeah. Please, 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 please. There's this one. There's this one tidbit that I couldn't follow up on um, about how there was this like big rush of um, lima bean export from California to Japan at one point, maybe in like the 70s or 80s, when uh, when the local Japanese crops of like azuki beans fell through, Mm -hmm. and they needed something to make sweet bean paste for oh, like yeah. holiday desserts. Uh-huh. Um and oh okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh well now <sighs> I'm interested in that too. Right? All right. Well Lima Bean <laughs> <laughs> You win this round. Um but we do have some listener mail for you. We do, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. 
And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work and we're back thank you sponsor yes thank you and we're back with listener, listener mail. that was another seinfeld reference that i can't explain but no it's kind of like an a food airplane you know oh like it's coming for you yeah yeah i would love if someone out there is also as for some reason, your brain has held on to this Seinfeld stuff as much as mine has. <laughs> and you know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Sheldon wrote, Maybe it's nothing new. Maybe it's everywhere. But I only see it here because I'm here. Here in Quebec, they make a lot of cidre de glace, um, ice cider in English, done the same way ice wine is made. Frozen apples are crushed. Then the concentrated juice is fermented. And yes, I wanted to thank you, Sheldon, for bringing this up because a lot of people who originally suggested ice wine suggested it like along with right. ice cider because there are a lot of similarities. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that is a product that I'm pretty sure I have not had. And it sounds so cool. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. And I uh and I really, yeah, future, future episode for sure. Yes, yes. I don't think I've ever had it either, but I I would like to try. <laughs> <sighs> we really, we really <sighs> we really need to go to Canada, Annie. <laughs> If we have to, we have to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, everyone, everyone stay safe now so that we can go to Canada and eat food, please. Come on, please. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Um, Matthew wrote, 
I'm listening to the end of your wonderful cornbread episode, and I use the present tense because I have just paused it to write this. When I heard you both say you didn't know what Taylor Ham was, I actually gasped. Taylor Ham and Pork Roll are two divisive names for the same product. It is a kind of sausage that comes from somewhere in New Jersey, and it's absolutely delicious. I'm not a New Jersey native, I've never lived there, and frankly, I've spent more time on the Turnpike than any other part of the state. My wife's best friend grew up there and introduced her to Taylor Ham, and she, me. When you get one, and I encourage you to do so, you want to slice it into roughly one-quarter inch rounds and pan-fry them until they split. It needs no dressing up. It's salty and spicy and savory, and now I want one. Amusingly, it would pair very nicely with cornbread. Oh, that does sound good. Wow. Also, I'm a huge fan of how many people have written in about the Taylor Ham pork roll, and we haven't done an episode on it, but we've mentioned it in a listener mail. And I've got to say, we've probably gotten like 10 follow-up questions, like points, wow. uh, debates, like already being oh, like, Oh, cool. I love it. All right. All right. Maybe maybe this calls for our first like um, like episode slash listener mail Oh, episode. yeah. Yeah, like a themed... Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, like standard slash listener mail, like where, you know, like we go into the thing, but then like half of the heckin' episode is y'all's letters about this one particular product that apparently people are, are really are really into. Um, yes. I love that. I love, y'all, food is so cool. <laughs> it's hilarious. I, I'm such a big fan of, of how, how strong opinions people have about these, these food products. Um, it's... It, it, it's a, it's a source of just unending passion. Um, it is. And that's wonderful. It is. Yes. Well, thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to <laughs> us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.